Hello and welcome to Buddha and the Body Coach. I'm Alexandra Stone and here with T. Proctor. So who's the Buddha? And so I come to show you. We're here to talk about the things that matter, what makes your life more meaningful and fulfilled. Oh, I'm so glad to know you. So glad to help you throw those fears away. Let the sunbeam shine from me. I will light up the hills and then I'll be a part of all you see. Hey, how are you doing today? Doing okay. Looking forward to our talk. I know. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us today. So... Yeah, we have a, a subject today we've been discussing, as usual. One of our uh, kind of things that comes up, you know, when we're out on our wonderful hikes through the Redwoods. And the discussion today is going to be focused on the differences between coaching, therapy, and spiritual guidance. So we're going to be discussing what the distinguishing features are, you know, what those overlaps are, how to find the right feel for you, some common questions or problems people might have, and, you know, how to go about finding the right expert. So, T, where should we start? Should we start with the overlap? I think the overlap is great because right now, there's such a mishmash of modalities out there, whether it be uh, kind of new age spirituality or cutting edge psychology. And, and then now you throw in the whole field of coaching, which for the last 20 or 30 years has been uh, extremely publicly prominent. Yeah, it's ex- coaching has exploded. Yeah, there's, there's coaching for everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, which can make it really difficult, you know, when you are you are working with something, something that you need to be solved. <laughs> Is that the right? I'm not sure that was the right way to put it, but you get what I mean. Well, no, actually, I think that, that that's one good discriminator of coaching is that it's about functionality. It's about solving problems. It's about maybe identifying specific issues and impediments to moving forward and sometimes as in life coaching where you're you're looking at yourself and your life in general and then sometimes obviously more specific types of coaching like body coaching yeah yeah or business mentoring or you know it, it is very very specific but it is it is focused around functionality and productivity it tends to be Now, one of the overlaps there into therapy is that coaching can also be concerned with feeling better or feeling okay, which is one of the main bodies of what therapy is about, helping people to feel okay in themselves or perhaps more whole. Yeah, and also, you know, I think there's this idea that you go into therapy and you are going to be a more functional person at the end of it. And actually... If they're a good therapist, then you probably will be. With any luck. <laughs> you know, that actually that, that makes um, me think of the idea that 
you know, if you're dealing with a personality disorder or you're dealing with a severe uh, psychological illness like bipolar, coaching is probably not the place you want to land. You probably want to go into somewhere deeper like some therapy and, you know, you might even get into some psychiatry as well, as a lot of people do. So there's a distinction right there. Coaching isn't necessarily for dealing with the more difficult problems of the psyche. Yeah. Psychology is made for that. Yeah, that's a, that is a, a really good way, I think, to distinguish the difference between the two. Yeah. No. Yeah, go on. We've got overlap, but we've got mishmash. So there are probably coaches out there that would like to mishmash their work into the idea of healing your deep psyche. And who knows, some of them might be really good at that. But in general terms, that's not really what coaching is there for or about. It's more about, again, functionality, productivity, um, and to some degree, feeling okay. But then that's getting over again into psychotherapy exactly exactly and then we have spiritual guidance as well you know and that's i mean that's definitely deep dealing with the deeper questions of existence you know rather than like let's say you know i've got a personality disorder i don't by the way hopefully (laughs) uh and i need to seek treatment for that you know really going to get spiritual counsel it's not it's not what it's for although a lot of people who have disorders like that do end up in you know seeking spiritual counsel yeah that's an interesting side point because when you actually take a deep dive into the spiritual circles you'll find a lot of personality disorders Mm. (laughs) and uh, you know honestly the reason for that is because there's a lot of desperation And there you've got the overlap again, really, because, yeah, you have you end up, okay, I've got uh, something going on with me that's making my life really, really difficult. Maybe it's something going on with the, the, the psyche or even the chemistry of the brain. And that might also shift your perspective in how you view the world and have you, you know, start to um, encounter and deal with these deeper questions of existence the way somebody whose you know brain is sort of working in a neurotypical way might not even might not even pose those questions you know right Uh, there's kind of uh, um, when you have a personality disorder or something you know a severe trauma childhood trauma or something significant going on in your psychology you have kind of a, a crack in the wall of self. And we could also call that a disruption of the self. Mm. And interestingly, that disruption of the self does lend itself to a deeper longing. And as I said before, a deeper desperation to know really what the nature of the self is, what the nature of life is, what's really true, what's uh, is love real are is god real yeah is there something beyond all this suffering yeah so and so that's where it gets difficult i think for people when they when they're looking out into the world and they 
have all of this kind of stuff going on in their inner world and it's it's hard to understand so you know this is why we're having this conversation right now to try and you know help you explore you know exactly what it is that you want help with and how you can go about getting that help in the best possible way and you know to maybe avoid some of the pitfalls (laughs) yeah okay so coaching therapy and spiritual guidance so distinct distinguishing features is there anything that we've really left out so with coaching we said productivity you know it's it's really focused on functionality even though we've got that overlap Mm -hmm. and then with therapy we have um maybe there's some kind of disruption in would you say the idea of self well there may be a disruption in the experience of self, I would say. Experience. Um, but I, just in general, back again, I'm saying that therapy is dealing with the felt sense of well-being in the individual. I also want to say that we're speaking very generally here. There are a ton of different modalities <laughs> of therapy. It's all over the board. But we're just bringing a sense of some dividing lines it's just a sense of what does what. Yeah, exactly. And then then we've got, you know, the spiritual guidance, which is, you know, dealing with some of those deeper questions about existence. Who am I? Does God exist? What happens after we die? You know. Right. And, and you know, there are, there are times when we need spiritual solace. Uh, there are times of grief. There are times of great loss and turmoil in our lives. And there are are times of simple existential despair Mm. where no amount of having meaning explained to us or being told that everything is okay is going to ultimately satisfy us. And we need to actually experience something deeper, something more real. Yeah. And and that's sometimes when somebody, for instance, does a lot of therapy work, they suddenly find something light up inside of them and realize, I need to know more. Maybe they hear some ideas from Buddhism or a different religion that's foreign to their own religion, and it suddenly strikes them in a way. It, it rings a bell inside. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, I want to know more. Like, I want to know more about this idea of, of no self. I've been working on myself for so long, <laughs> and there's this Buddhist idea of no self. What is that about? That's, that's strange. But I've been doing therapy for 20 years on myself, and now uh, I'm hearing this idea in Buddhism of no self. Mm. So you may go in that direction. Or... or Ram Das used to have the mantra, I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness. And someone might get dragged along to a, uh, a kirtan, which is a spiritual musical uh, experience meant to open the heart. And suddenly they might start finding themselves having all these deep emotions and this sense of love that they've not felt before. And 
get curious and hear somebody like Ram Das say, yeah. I am loving awareness. Well, I think that one of the things that actually really characterizes that um, spiritual seeking for me is that longing of the heart, which is very, very, I, very, very different to I experienced neglect when I was small and I have low self-esteem and I need to work on that. You yeah. Know, that's therapy. Right. I keep getting myself in the same relationship <laughs> yeah. over and over and I think I might be in a relationship <laughs> with my mother. <laughs> that's therapy. Right, that's therapy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's perfect, yeah. right? But yeah, the, 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 the spiritual seeking is it's a, it comes from a real deep longer I think, and it may not start out with that kind of depth, you know, but it will be there in some way. It's kind of like this little candle that starts to burn and generally gets brighter, and there's a real pull towards those spiritual practices. Yeah, so so when you go to therapy for a few years and you work on that issue of repeatedly getting to an uh, intimate relationship with somebody that's like your mother, you might come to realize... <laughs> It's not my mother that I wanted after all. It's God. I want the love of God. <laughs> yeah, bought the t-shirt on that one. <laughs> so, so yeah, and then, okay, then there's some of, there are some other distinguishing features. Like with, when you, you're looking for a therapist, you know, generally it's somebody who has more of an academic background, you know, they're trained in a very specific modality. They've probably done a degree, you know, and then specialized. And you're going to find them, you know, in, in they, they're kind of in their own sort of pockets. Like in California, you have to have a license, you know. Uh, so there may be a forum, like, what is it? Is it Psychology Today or something like that? that oh, there's you know. that, yeah. Okay, so, you know, they are basically like the way i see it the dietitians <laughs> of the self-improvement world and i hate to lump spirituality in with self-improvement but you, you kind of get what i mean and so a dietitian you know is somebody who can treat illness and they have a kind of medical background let's say they have a degree you know and they're trained to treat the kind of chemistry of the body Whereas you can't have somebody who's a health coach necessarily, you know, going in and treating somebody who has some kind of, um, you know, heart problem and who's on medication, right? <laughs> right. So a dietitian has a little bit higher credentials. They have a vaster base of knowledge and education, perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, but we can also be called... In, in the state of California, for instance, you can call yourself a health educator. Mm. Uh, anybody can call themselves a health educator in California. Yeah. So you were just pointing out that the health educator could be more like the coach. Yeah, and so with life coaching or even in like my industry in the, you know, the health and fitness industry, you don't necessarily have to have um, a lot of credentials. It depends what country you're in, what state you're in. I mean, California is a lot more stringent than many places, but certainly where I'm from in the U UK. I mean, I think you can just turn up and say that you're a, a personal trainer or 
that you're a nutritionist and you, or some kind of coach or some kind of coach or yeah like a, I mean yeah a life coach you don't have to have a piece of paper I could just put a website up and tell everybody that I'm a business mentor now you know I don't have to have an academic degree and then the spiritual guidance right and I really do want to talk about this one actually because I think this is important because we were just saying before that even though now like you have this whole new age um new age spiritual teachers which have arisen what in the last what 40 years prior to that you had spiritual teachers who only came into the community via these lineages like kind of strong lineages like it may have been you know the christian church you would have been a priest um you could be a buddhist teacher and obviously there's you know various uh different strands of buddhism as well for instance you probably would have been a buddhist monk well yeah exactly and and there's what you're pointing to is that there's a whole rigorous protocol to become a teacher in in those ancient traditions yeah even a yoga teacher would have been it was a lot more stringent at one point yeah i don't know about that but i imagine it's true yeah yeah um now this doesn't negate the fact that all of the harms that humans can do to one another and all of the atrocities exist within religion too yeah. Uh, I would point out, though, it, 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 it's amazing that some of the beautiful teachings have actually made it through for thousands of years. I can't believe that somebody didn't come along some, somewhere along the way and say, hey, let's get rid of that whole love your enemy thing out of this Bible. <laughs> <laughs> this really doesn't fit in. We need to kill our enemies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is... Uh... Or base nature, right? So, so it's going off on a little bit of a tangent, but we're seeing that there had been up to a stage some kind of uh, rigorous protocols to go into presenting a spiritual uh, point of view mm. or uh, having spiritual credentials, and that's not the case anymore. No, exactly, and you would have been... There would have been a kind of hierarchy, actually, that you were answerable to. Whereas, like you just said, now anybody can just rock up and say, you know, I'm a new age teacher and I've experienced enlightenment and um, get themselves on YouTube. And the YouTube following decides whether, you know, they, they're legitimate or not. Right. So <laughs> someone goes out and uh, does... Does mushrooms by the lake, sees a double rainbow, <laughs> and suddenly they're the guru. Yep. Well, it's happened, doesn't it? I mean, Sure, yeah. And some of them could legitimately be good gurus. <laughs> it's just to understand yeah, that, that... Yeah, that's the other point. Uh, there are varying degrees of rigorousness that, that go into these things. And really, you know, certain... If you want to call yourself a psychotherapist or a psychologist, you have to meet a certain state uh, state criteria of that. But some of these other things, you don't actually have to meet any criteria. So it makes it maybe a little harder to see if someone's kind of certified, so to speak. 
Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean that someone certified is going to be the best person. Absolutely not. No. I had an experience of therapy that was terrible last, was it last year? I forget now because all the years roll into one with this pandemic. <laughs> I think it was last year. And she'd gone through the whole university, you know, and she had the academic credentials, but was very inexperienced and it was therapy by numbers. And I've actually got more, I think, more for myself out of business mentoring <laughs> than I did out of, you know, the therapy that I, the short amount of time that I put into the therapy with this person. Right. So what we're trying to do here is perhaps unchain some of these labels from what people really need because people may get funneled into coaching or therapy or a spiritual teaching or a spiritual program. What's important is that we have the discrimination about what's best for us. And that can be difficult when we start seeing, you know, the robes of the spiritual master or the, the uh, diplomas on the wall of the psychotherapist we can pretty easily start to give our power away. Mm. And I think maybe that would be the core nugget here in what we're talking about. We're inviting discrimination. We're inviting caution to a degree. Yeah. But let's face it, at some point we have to jump in and do these things if we're going to progress on any path. So start with discrimination start with wisdom start with trusting when something doesn't feel right or doesn't pass the sniff test mm -hmm. and you know i'm thinking about uh, we watched a documentary about this this uh cult it was called nexium yeah and i'm thinking about this cult and it was an interesting combination of coaching therapy and spirituality and the interesting thing about it was there's some really useful helpful stuff in there and it was all peppered in with an overwhelming kind of domineering abuse mm. yeah yeah but th that can also happen in um, like these long spiritual lineages that we're supposed to trust as well absolutely absolutely and you're seeing there's uh you know zen and tibetan buddhism have had just an awful time in the last decade or so you know even even teachers who were as old as it's zen teachers that were over a hundred years old were were being uh riddled with accusations of women who they had groped and you know mistreated um, yeah. There's a lot of problems when the Eastern religions came to the West because the traditional uh, ways of organizing men and women, for instance, the traditional ways of organizing power uh, were all thrown out the window and it opened up all of these uh, ways that the shadow could show up mm -hmm. in, in the um, spiritual traditions. 
Not that it hadn't been there, <laughs> but it was wide open in the West. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we have very different model codes here in the West. It didn't, they didn't necessarily intersect. But also, obviously, we have the Catholic Church as well. <laughs> and, well, that is a rabbit hole. We don't need to go into it. You all know the scandals associated with the Catholic Church and the many atrocities that they have committed. So we're not saying that because something has a, a, the weight of lineage or credential behind it that it should be trusted and because something doesn't you know that we should necessarily trust it and how do we then go about kind of figuring out like first of all you know what what it is that what kind of expert we want and then how can we trust them i think that's the question isn't it how can we trust them um will i be safe with them you know, that's difficult when people have trauma as well. Because, you know, traumatised people, they go and they, they're seeking the wound. It's very difficult. And, you know, I speak from a place of having mostly gotten with impeccable teachers. And I feel incredibly lucky for that. I've even had times where I walked to the door of a meditation center and just didn't even see anything or anyone but just felt this is all wrong and I walked away. So I had a really good intuition about that. Not everybody's going to have that kind of intuition. No. And so I think we might want to go into a little bit about how to not give our power away. Mm. Well, that's, yeah. How to not give our power away right yeah uh, well i'm probably similar to you in that i always had a just a really good nose for figuring out you know who was who was gonna fuck me up or not <laughs> that's really what it comes, that's what it comes down to because when you're going to somebody for something big like, I think if you go to the life coach, that's a big deal. If you go to a body coach, I mean, you're putting your body in somebody's hands. You know, it, this could go wrong big time for you. And I think you said something earlier, like you could be unraveling, you know, going to a bad therapist for years. Yeah, so this is this is actually leading us kind of into a, a, a deeper topic here, which is how to protect and take care of yourself while surrendering yourself to processes and even the help of another person. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that can happen is that we can just make the decision that there's nobody good out there, that everybody's full of shit, that there's no possibility that I can trust anyone, and that all this stuff is all bullshit. And we all know that person who's retreated into the world of everything's bullshit. It's a very sour and cynical place to be. Mm. Sad. So, having a sense of the importance and the potential dangers of this is of great value. Having a good bullshit detector is of value. How do you get a good bullshit detector? That's a difficult one. <laughs> We should do a whole podcast on that. Yeah. I mean, that's like in 
intuition right it's it's how to get in touch with your intuition it's a it's a kind of a couple we actually are going to do some yeah. some podcasting on that because it's a combination of having good intuition having a good sense of being able to sniff something out that isn't true you know which has a lot to do with how you take in information and process it but also having a, a good a good mind and good logic to be able to see if there's consistency if uh, you know what somebody's saying and what they're doing is is consistent, if the practices that you're getting uh, today uh, make sense and go along with the practices that are being suggested in a week or a month or two years, mm-hmm. so having a good bullshit detector. Some people just have better bullshit detectors, but you can develop your bullshit detector. And what you want to do, first of all. Be able to ask questions. Yes. Oh my God. That's and so ask them. Stop. Take the time and ask the questions. No matter who you're dealing with. Oh my God. Even if it's your auto mechanic. This seems like there is some sort of synchronicity here because it was really strange. Like today, I won't mention the name, but he's an astrologer. Uh, is fairly kind of well known in the UK. And he, he kind of popped up on my feed today and I was thinking, oh God, why am I still, why am I still friends with him? Because, you know, back, back when I was deep in the spiritual journey, I was interested in astrology. So I messaged him and I asked him, you know, about his services. And one of the questions was, you know, how much do you cost? Which is a, <laughs> that's a really valid question. And he fucking shamed me for asking that question. Basically telling me that I had a poverty consciousness. <laughs> I read that message today, actually. Wow, Isn't wow. that funny? That's amazing. Yeah. 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 So asking, being able to ask a question and, and notice That's a something. great example. <laughs> yeah, that's a great example. So your bullshit detector went off, right? What happened after that? Oh, oh we, we had like this, this, it was this long um, Facebook um, DM. And in, I think in it, what did he say? So he came back and he shamed me. And I was polite. I, I was quite surprised. I was polite, actually. And I think I just kind of then said, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something else, basically. And then he came back again. And it was just this, I don't, it, you know what? I can't even explain it because it didn't make sense what he was, what he was saying. But he continued to shame me, continued to um, tell me that it was my fault that, you know, if I wanted a good astrologer, then I was going to have to pay for it. (laughs) And it was, uh, it was, it was really like, icky, and that's how it made me feel. There you go. Yeah. So, So there's an inner feeling. Yeah. That set off your bullshit. I'm, so, I'm, I'm cringing now. Sure, right. Just thinking about it. So yeah, yeah. The, the cringe factor. So yeah, don't don't bypass that. We we don't want to bypass that. That's important to have. I've been doing what I do a long time, and I don't find the need to push, cajole, bully, belittle or otherwise humiliate people (laughs) for my or their benefit. Mm. Yeah, God, you know what? It just got me thinking of another example. I 
don't know if I told you about this, but I I was looking for um, a body coach, and this guy's quite well known in the industry. He trains a lot of bodybuilders who've done very very well and I went and got a consultation with him and at the end his prices were really different from, from what he had put out on his website a lot more and I said okay um, I'll have to talk to my partner about this and he said I wouldn't recommend that <laughs> And he was like really then pushing me to, to you know, make a decision um, to basically give him my card. You know, that's a, that's a good example that I'm going to actually take just a little bit differently. Um, but you get into a situation where, uh, you know, you're talking about bodybuilding, weightlifting. You're talking about people, trainers who traditionally push you. <laughs> so So now... Yeah. We're kind of hiring someone to push us, but we have to have the discrimination to know when that pushing is appropriate or when that pushing is, you know, especially with working out, going to hurt our bodies mm-hmm. because we're the one that's going to be hurt, not them, or is going to push or break the integrity of our boundaries. Mm, that's a big one, the breaking the integrity of the boundary. Right, yeah. and I want to give some guidelines about that because breaking the integrity of the boundaries can be reduced to three pretty simple principles, sex, power, and money. <laughs> sex, power, and money. Brilliant. Right? So if somebody's going to break your boundaries, it's probably going to be around sex, power, and money. <laughs> I love that. That's... That's it. That's perfect. So that's a good question. Am I feeling my boundary is being uh, pushed around sex, power, and money? And if the answer is yes straight away, that's probably a pretty good sign that, that this isn't for you. Now look, that doesn't mean that you don't spend some money on something that's of value. You could spend a lot of money and get a lot of value in return. But if somebody's pushing you or cajoling you, like in your experience with the astrologer or even the, the second fellow, it's totally up to you whether you want to spend the money. In, in, for instance, when somebody comes to me, I have a fee. I tell them what that fee is up front, and they can make the decision about whether it's worth it. I don't go into their business of whether they want to pay my fee or not. Mm. That's not appropriate to me. That's a boundary. Okay. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you on that, and I have I I list my prices on my website for that reason. So the the next thing would be around power, and one of the, the guidelines around power is: is this person getting off on having power over me, hmm. and are they doing things that show that they're getting off on having power over me? And then the the other one around the sexuality. Is this person breaching my boundaries around sexuality? Mm. And that doesn't even have to mean that the person's actually uh, doing something really obscene with you. It can mean, for instance, a therapist might be flirting with you. Mm. And you get that. Um, yeah. If that could be that could be something that is inappropriate. The therapist might 
not totally even realize they're doing that. Now, I want to say something here about this money, sex, and power because when you start to work with somebody, especially if you've been working with somebody for some time, these issues can come up and they can be a little tricky because they can be transference. We can start to become paranoid or worried that someone's trying to take our power or maybe, you know, sometimes there's a, a person transfers onto the therapist that there's a sexual relationship there there actually is not. Those things need to be handled with skill and they can be generally deeper into work the work of a trusting relationship and they need to be able to be talked about frankly. I want to say that's really important. They need to be able to be addressed frankly, not hidden, not swept under the rug. But if something like that is going on, particularly with a therapist or a coach, it needs or a spiritual teacher, it needs to be spoken about. And if they give you any BS about it or they shame you about it, mm. um, that's a big red flag. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. So it gets a little complicated as you get in to the process because we all have deep stuff. But if this stuff's right there on the surface in the first week or two of, of meeting with somebody or in these first couple IMs that you're doing with them, that's probably a pretty good sign that you might want to be looking elsewhere. Yeah. And just a, a, an extra point about that transference, like when when you're putting somebody, when you're giving somebody your um, vulnerability, should we say, I was going to say power, but you definitely don't want to be doing that. Like, let's say in a yoga class, you know, if there's a male yoga teacher, all of the women go stupid and giddy around a male yoga teacher. And it's it's just because they're given a pedestal to, um, you know, they're, they're on a platform, they're the focus of attention, mm-hmm. and they're giving you wisdom and guidance that you want. And so then you have that transference you idealize them you know and then that can get a little bit murky yeah don't underestimate the power of uh, idealization yeah um, and idol worship yeah and then you <laughs> it's, know it's yoga teacher sorry has to has to give adjustments so yeah. that can be really misinterpreted yeah well that's that's a whole nother rabbit hole because we've seen that too and, <laughs> you know that's really come out too yeah. so i think now that was a really juicy bit to get into, and I think that's going to be really helpful. What we probably want to look at now is just kind of bring it back down to some simple guidelines for yeah. uh, which direction you might be wanting to go mm. when you're looking for some help. Exactly. So at the beginning, we talked about maybe some of these you know, common problems or some questions that you might be dealing with. So if it's a question like, um, I want to be a more organized person, I want to improve my time management, I want to make more money, you know, then that's definitely in the coaching realm. That's a question for the coaching realm. Now, it is overlap, but I think generally, okay? Now, if we are searching for a therapist, yeah, if you're if you're looking to 
deal with some parts that feel kind of broken or dysfunctional or deal with relationships that are not going well or you know some some traumas or or difficulties from childhood there's any number of things but what's important to know about therapy is that in general therapy works through creating a healing trusting relationship with someone so we need a little more time we need a little more trust and safety to get into a healing and trusting relationship with someone right. and and that's really important because if you get into a therapeutic situation with somebody where you just really can't trust them and you really don't feel right about them you might want to trust yourself on that it might they might be perfectly good therapists but they might not be for you mm. yeah so they might be bringing like an empathic response to you know situations in your past that um at the time didn't get an empathic response you know so therapies for that sort of thing and then spiritual guidance like we said is like okay i'm um I'm, I'm concerned about what happens after I die or you know is there a, is there a god or you feel that deep longing you know that may be something you can't quite put your finger on you don't know what it is but you're just drawn towards the ineffable and that would be spiritual guidance that you're looking for so that's the first thing is to distinguish you know what the question is or what the problem is that you're trying to solve and once you've got that then you've got to go out into the world and you've got to try and find the right expert for you. Let me just add a little bit to the spiritual part because with the spiritual teaching, you've got some different components. You've got, first of all, the practices. And there's a load of powerful spiritual practices from yoga to meditation, all, all kinds and all types. You've got the spiritual teaching itself, which can be as vast as the as vast as the Buddhist canon or or can be kind of a more maybe a more modern streamlined spiritual teaching some people go to uh, what's the what's the one book that Marianne Williamson used to use the course of course of miracles something like yeah. that that's a or or even uh, even AA that's a you know that, yeah. ha that has a book that's a little more streamlined so there's a teaching and there's the practices and usually there's going to be a spiritual teacher so the spiritual teacher is the carrier of the spiritual dimension and that's similar but on a spiritual level to the relationship you develop with a therapist you develop a spiritual relationship with a spiritual teacher mm -hmm. to where there's actually what's called a transmission going on between the student and the teacher and the the teacher at best is going into the state of being whether that be the state of love and compassion or power and strength and will is going into the state of being and sitting there that actually the student needs yeah you know you'll get very good yoga teachers who may not even be aware that they're doing that who can bring that yeah in, into um, the studio yeah I had a very famous 
trauma teacher who has a very powerful kind of spiritual presence in certain ways tell me that he'd never experienced his own presence never experienced his own spiritual presence so yeah. that's a thing in itself that's another rabbit hole but I think we're giving the sense of what these different what these different modalities are and where a person might go for each different uh, need yeah and so actually something which I found which really distinguishes uh, a, 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 an expert that I can trust from one that I can't trust is will they refer people who come to them for help on if they don't have the expertise to help them I think that's huge so let's say um, in you know in yoga there's a, there's yoga teachers who think that yoga solves everything mm. you know and often people are coming to them with uh, crises that they need therapy for and they're like yeah just do some alternative nostril breathing and meditation and you'll be fine and uh, yeah you know and that's it's yeah a really good point and yeah that what they need to be doing is referring them to a therapist and I will always refer people to therapists or for spiritual guidance you know because they will often people do show up to me especially women you know whenever they've got a problem they put it on the body <laughs> mm, yeah. they do you know and so I will say you know I think it's time that you know you you found a therapist or perhaps you're looking for some spiritual guidance here and not me right so the idea that uh, one's modality has the solutions for somebody's entire life and that happens a lot in, yeah. in spiritual circles that's misguided and it doesn't recognize that a person's path you know includes many teachers many many techniques and to grow takes a, a big variety of experiences mm. yeah. yeah so, so I think I think a true expert really understands what their limitations are mm. and yeah. and that is huge you know so I look for that and you know for instance if somebody is a trainer but they're not a trained physiotherapist you know you will you will see them referring clients who come to them with injuries on to physiotherapists because clients I mean I used to be a yoga teacher I've done 200 hours and people come to me with like oh I've got degenerative discs and I've got this going on and that going on and, I, yeah, and I'm like okay I'm not a physio and I'm not a yoga therapist I teach vinyasa flow right so kind of rounds back to having a good bullshit detector mm -hmm. being a good detective for yourself checking people out asking other people who worked with them looking yeah. for consistencies looking for inconsistencies yeah right. and I was just thinking you know because Word of mouth is so big for people, but I was also thinking it really depends on how reliable your circle is. Well, right. It's like <laughs> it's like, did you like that movie? How <laughs> <laughs> so did you end up in Nexium? Uh, right. <laughs> One more point is that there are there are so many different things out there, and people are selling really hard right now. Yeah, a lot of snake oil. Yeah, there's a lot of snake oil, but even good stuff. People are selling their good stuff really hard. Mm -hmm. I've been turned off by some really good things that are out there, but just seeing how hard they're pushing the sell, 
And um, it doesn't, it's not necessarily the first thing that you come across that's the best thing. So take your time. Mm. Yeah, like with, um, especially now with social media and certainly in, in my industry, you know, people will tend to look at trainers who have big followings or big abs <laughs> or big asses and think that, oh, that person must be the best person, you know, for me, I want the body or, you know, and, and that is they are not the the right things to look for you know when you're looking for somebody to train your body you're looking for somebody who puts out educational material people who have authenticity people who you know have like a strong moral code that they are presenting when they're speaking and i think people that will treat you like a human being not a uh a product or a, uh, a consumer yeah and yeah that's big actually yeah. that's really really big and I have in the past year let's go back to like October I've had a therapist a business mentor and now I've just got a body coach you know all different kind of <laughs> all different moments and you know with each of those people I sought them in different ways one was via word of mouth friend the other one I've known for a long time she came to me via word of mouth but also had great credentials and then the business mentor is somebody that I've been following for quite a while and just listening to everything that they're saying looking at who they are what they're doing what you know and that's how I made the decisions it was kind of different with each person right so I think we've given up pretty good overview yeah we've taken some interesting turns and taken some deep dives into uh, what is the difference between a coach a therapist and a spiritual teacher or a spiritual guide mm. yeah and it's, this podcast has given me a lot of ideas for other podcasts as well great actually. well let's write them down <laughs> write them down baby okay <laughs> well thank you for listening Great, and there'll be uh, information, more information up on the page. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you want to work with me, um, I'm at thewoodmansbodycoach.com, and you want to follow me for a little while and see who I am, well, you can listen to this podcast, obviously. I'm a woman's body coach on Instagram, and T. I'm at beingrealnow.org. You've got loads of fabulous blogs up there, I have to say. Yes. And if you want to ask us questions, then we're really open to, you know, having a discussion, like a really open conversation with you. So don't be afraid to talk to us. We're friendly and we we like messages in our DMs. Yeah. And we'll be doing some question and answers in future podcasts. So yeah. uh, that's something to come. Heartfelt thanks to James Smart for our logo and Reed Anderson for our theme music. <laughs>